Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We are a church with open hearts, open minds, and open doors who are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do that by offering our sermons for you online. And so we hope you enjoy listening to today's sermon. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. Listen to these words. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that people will see them. I assure you that's not the only reward they'll get. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is present in the secret place. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they will be heard. Don't be like them, because your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And do not lead us in temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as we prepare on this Lenten journey that we're on, this 40-day journey of Lent, we're in the second Sunday of Lent. Um, that's why one candle is, is not turned on because we only have five more Sundays of Lent as we make this journey to the cross. Um, something I want to keep reminding you of each week is, is in our reading, our Lenten devotional book this, week, this month, James Harness has this quote that I really think is key for us on our journey to Lent. A disciple is a follower of Jesus whose life is centering on loving God and loving others. Notice that Harness says centering and not centered. Centering is is an idea of a journey, an an idea of, of moving forward and moving on versus when we say we're centered, we're done. And so we're on this journey together to, to move us forward, to, to help us grow on our journeys of faith. And that, was, that is really what the intention of Lent is. It's a chance for us to recenter our lives, refocus ourselves, and move forward and recenter ourselves, recalibrate ourselves, if you want to use those words. And so for this week, as, as we talk about recentering ourselves, what a better way to talk about that than to talk about prayer? Do you pray? I mean, and, and not just pray, but, but I mean, do you, do you take prayer so seriously that you carve out times in your daily life to, to set aside daily times where you can set aside your life to pray? If you remember a couple, a couple of months ago, I asked you in your phones, put a daily reminder to pray the Lord's Prayer at noon. How's that going for you? You still doing it? At the funeral on Wednesday, 
We were sitting there, George and I were sitting there, and, and you, you couldn't tell what happened. George began to panic as he noticed it was becoming close before noon, and his ringer went off to remind him to pray the Lord's Prayer in the middle of the funeral. And he was the one that asked me to ask the congregation to make sure that we silence our cell phones. And I found that funny that, that, that the preacher had that problem of not silencing his cell phone. It happens to all of us. It's happened to me a couple of times when I've been in places of prayer and I forget to silence my cell phone. And that all-embarrassing ringtone rings. Because we all have them. But when we pray, we should center ourselves. We should put ourselves in a place where we can open ourselves up to God and, and, and be open to where the Spirit may lead us in our prayer lives. And, and what a better way to do that than no matter what you're doing at noon to stop and pray the Lord's Prayer. Could you imagine the conversations that you have if you're in the middle of something and you just say, hey, can you stop, can we stop what we're doing and pray the Lord's Prayer? I've been with a couple of you that have done that. Your dinger goes off and you pray the Lord's Prayer. When we pray that prayer, and we take it seriously, it can shape and change our lives. And I, and I really believe that's, that's why Jesus taught us to pray like this. He taught us this prayer not as a sense of something to say without heart, not as a sense of something to, something to go through the motions, to check the box. He taught us to pray this prayer because there's value in this prayer. It centers us. It, it, it puts us in a place of, of knowing who God is and, and really what God's role is in our lives. James Harnish in his book this week, he said, Prayer is not a process by which we get what we want from God, but the relationship in which God gets what God wants in and through us. When we pray seriously and we take this to heart, it, our prayers shouldn't be about us. They should be about having a relationship with God and letting God know, laying it on the table, being open and honest about God. Saying, dear Lord, I'm struggling with this. Lord, help me. Lord, please forgive me. I've got to confess I've not been faithful or Lord, please pray for those families who lost all those loved ones in that senseless act of violence in Florida. We can pray those prayers. And we can pray those prayers as long And I really believe that if we go through the motions of prayer, it, it doesn't really speak to God. But when we sit down and are earnest with God and, and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. And we don't have to pray a prayer of of you know, one of those prayers that are written down, we can just be honest and have an honest and open conversation with God and say, God, here's where my heart is. God, here's what I'm struggling with. And God, here's where I've not been faithful. When we open ourselves up to that, it's amazing to see how God works in and through us. In his book this week, I love this, this four-step uh, four process that, that Harness lift up. And, and it's a really simple process. And, and Shana lifted it up for you today. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Maybe you wrote those things down in the little notes that I left you. I put those on the screen. Kyron. Adoration. 
Adoration is the way we remind ourselves of the character of God in which we're praying to. Adoration, when, when we pray a prayer of adoration, we're centering ourselves upon God that we love and care for. And that's why I like what Jesus said when he said, pray like this, the adoration that Jesus lifts up. He says, our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. The adoration sets us up. It centers us. It it reminds us of the focus of who we're talking with. It's like when you're talking in public, you don't just say, hey, George. Actually, you do say, hey, George, to get his attention, right? If you want his attention, you say, hey, George, or hey, Ashley, or Shanna. You don't just walk up to them and, and say, let me confess my sins to you, or, or um, I need you to do this today. You acknowledge the person. You acknowledge that relationship. And when we have that kind of adoration for God and, and we love and care for God, we, we ask for God, hey, God, creator, God of love, Father God, we acknowledge God. We, we put him at the very center of our prayer. And when we do that, it's amazing how that centers us. Harner said, the character of God to whom we pray makes a difference in the way we pray and the way we live. If we center ourselves when we pray, it's amazing how much we can open ourselves up. The adoration is there. Timothy Keller, in, in a response to unanswered prayers, he, he had this response that this is how he imagined God says to him when he's talking about unanswered prayers. He said, Son, when a child of mine makes a request, I always give that person what he or she would have asked for if they knew everything I knew. I'm going to say that again. I like that. When a child of mine makes a request, I always give that person what he or she would have asked for if they knew everything I knew. Keller's saying here is that when we go to God with, with our prayers and we ask God for that daily bread, God gives you that daily bread as God sees fit in your life. And sometimes that may not be what we want. It may not be the bread that we want. Maybe we're asking for a Diet Coke and God gives us a Coke. Maybe we're asking for grape juice and God gives us water. Because we need the daily bread. And sometimes we ask for God for for prayers for healing and those prayers for healing are answered not in the way that we would have wanted it. We have to open ourselves up that God is in control in the center of our lives. And it's God's will be done. God's kingdom coming. Prayers of adoration, they center us. But prayers of confession open us up and, and, and make us known and, and puts ourselves right there before God. I love that, that, that Wesleyan question, how is it with your soul? Because if you go to God fully with your whole soul and your whole self, it's amazing what you'd be open and honest to, to speak to God. And you confess your sins. When Jesus says, 
Forgive us for the ways that we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us, and lead us not into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That confession pulls us from sinner and it puts us in reality. Because let's be honest, we've all fallen short. We all need to go to God and be honest with God about where we've fallen short, about where we haven't been as faithful as we should have been and we know to be. We have to confess our sins. Do you confess your sins to God? Do you acknowledge to God where you fall short? That's a painful process. Because it has to acknowledge that we're not perfect. It has to acknowledge our brokenness. It has to acknowledge that, that we are not who we think we are. We are broken. Confession, as Harness says, is the recognition of our constant need of God's forgiveness and grace. We have to confess. We have to acknowledge that we're not perfect. We have to humble ourselves before God so that way we can understand how God can work on us and through us. Prayers or confession are good for the soul. And just like prayers of thanksgiving, Harnish says that we should try this. I want to encourage you to try this this week. Instead of listing all of our anxieties, burdens, and frustrations and failures of your life, begin with these words. Thank you, Lord, for. Have you ever been in those situations you didn't know what to pray for? Maybe you were asked to pray in, in a family meal situation, and you didn't know what to say. You, you were too afraid that you weren't going to have the grandiose prayer like, like brother so-and-so does. Or you, you, you weren't going to be that cousin that, that prays the great prayer. How hard is it to say, thank you, Lord, for the food in this fellowship? Now let's eat. It's not that hard. And it's not that scary. I'm shocked at how often when people ask me to pray, and, and I deflect the prayer and say, you know, they can pray. Or they can pray. And it's not that I have to be the chief prayer. I may be the pastor, and I may be the pastor in my family. But my little nieces can pray just as well as I can. And they've actually taken charge. Because they understand it's really simple. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. And be with us in every step and every breath that we take. Amen. See how I've influenced them? Sometimes our prayer of thanksgiving are the things that we really need to do. While we do need to confess our sins, sometimes we need to give thanks to God for all that he's given us with because, man, we've got a lot of stuff that God has blessed us with. We've got a lot to be thankful for, and it's not just reserved for November. It's something we should do all the time. It should be a part of our lives. It's something that that we should strive for is to live a life of thanksgiving and thanksgiving in a way that we can say, thank you, God, for all of this. Prayers of thanksgiving can center us on how God is at work in this world. Because sometimes we forget that even in the highest highs, God is still at work in our lives. And we say, man, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for the ability to do this. Thank you for this. And that last word, supplication. You know those times that we offer up prayers and worship for other people and other places? That's what we're talking about here. And we call those, kind of in worship, we call those intercession prayers. 
And to really boil what that all means, if you don't know what supplication or intercession means, because those are kind of theological big words, they're praying for someone on the behalf of another person. It's that simple. Hartness said that intercession is the way we draw the very real concerns of our lives out into a presence of God and invite God to be at work in them and through us. That is why we say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That is why we say, thanks be to God when we have great joys. came across a quote this week, and I don't know who wrote it. He said, prayer is the hospital for souls where we meet Dr. God. Prayer is the hospital for souls where we meet Dr. God. Sometimes we need to check in and center ourselves. Sometimes we need to be honest about our hurts. Sometimes we need to give thanks for, for the good things in life. And sometimes we need to pray for others or other things. And so when we go to God in this earnesty and this honesty and, and we open ourselves up in a way where, where we can grow close to God, it's amazing how prayer works. It's God's will be done, not mine. And when we go to the doctor, sometimes we go to him with our hurts and needs and, and all these other things, and, and when we open ourselves up to that, it's amazing how the great physician can work in our lives on us and through us. Prayers of supplication can draw God's attention to where things need to be done. And so here's my challenge for you this week. Pray. But don't pray like you normally would. Open yourselves up. Set yourself aside and, and, and be open to God the creator who's making a difference in this world confess our sins and be honest about our shortcomings to God give thanks to the Lord for he is good and then don't forget those others that we need to pray for don't forget to pray for our country and our church and and everything else that's going on in this crazy world because I think if we start praying that way Could you imagine the difference it will make? Because prayer works on us and through us. And so be ready when you pray. God is going to call you to action. And when we say amen, that's the next step in the journey. To be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. We are called to live and to share and to love. And when we do that, God will be with us in every step and every breath that we take. So I challenge you to pray this week. Continue praying the Lord's Prayer. See how it's making a difference. Make note of it. Share it with other people. Let people know why you're doing what you're doing. Remember that God loves you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Let us pray.